All right, everybody, we're back. This is episode number 28. 28, that's right, that's 28 right. 28, the Recovery Lab podcast series. I'm Drew Hassan. My name is Daniel Anderson. We are Recovery Lab. We're joined today by Mark McMullen. We'll get to him shortly. Uh, the intro is always the same. Uh, we want as much input from you, the listener, as we can get. I think I forgot to say this, forgotten to say this the last couple of episodes. If you know of something or have something in mind that would be of benefit to the recovery community at large, please post it. If you uh, know where a good meeting is getting started of whatever sort you go to, uh, comment it. Um, if you know where to get the Narcan, you can comment that. Uh, the example I usually give is you can get Narcan for free at Mr. Moore's Bike Shop in Hattiesburg or at the Pines in Columbus. Or you can go look on Angela Mallet's page and uh, go to End It For Good and find out. Um, but really, if there's anything of benefit uh, that people would need to know that you think they ought to know, just go ahead and comment it. If you have any uh, constructive criticism for us let us know anything that can make the podcast more enjoyable to the listener we're certainly uh, not so egotistical that we won't listen to your suggestions absolutely we might not do those things but <laughs> we'll read it anyway absolutely uh okay uh and then as you may have seen on uh, some of our facebook posts recovery lab is about to get in some of the best looking t-shirts i think i've ever seen uh they i <laughs> tell tell everybody what you learned about the benefit uh, uh, it's incredible guys ladies and gentlemen i am so excited to announce that if you purchase a recovery lab t-shirt not only does your credit score go up right uh 200 points 200 and i read that on uh foxnews.com and cnn right uh, they had it posted on there which is I think if those two incredible. competing news agencies agree on something. Right. I mean, where else? We are bringing people together. Right. Your wife will respect you Your more. Your wife will respect you more or at all. At uh, all. So <laughs> that's great. You know, we can really tear things Your up. Your kids' grades will go up. Yeah, that's that's also a, a proven fact, but uh, at least one grade. And you're, you get a raise. And you get a raise. And a vacation. <laughs> and a vacation, yeah. To uh, to the location of your uh, your wildest dreams, so. right? And all for the small small fee of twenty five dollars. You can't afford not to get. <laughs> you one. really can't. It's it's uh, pretty incredible. So, so yeah. go to go to Recovery Lab LLC dot com mm -hmm. uh, and buy a whole bunch of them. Yeah, help support the podcast so we can have this awesome content. And uh, also, we have Patreon. You should go to Patreon. Yeah, let's not forget about five Patreon. Five measly dollars five a dollars. month. I mean, that's less than a Starbucks. Right. If you drink that Starbucks, you really should. If you don't feel ashamed of yourself, you should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know us. We're all about yeah. shaming people. For shame, shame. Yeah, yeah. Powerful <laughs> motivator. All right. As is always the case, without further ado, Mark, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. This is... Um, I like the little setup here. I mean, color. We got candles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got we got fancy waters. <laughs> I mean, this we is got, we got the vibe going on. This my is man. real. We got the vibe. This, this is real. All right. So, talk to us a little bit about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Take it away. Wow. Where do I begin? Well, what it was like for me is um, I first started drinking back in high school, just like most of these kids do nowadays. 
uh, I thought that it was the thing to do. It was the it was the cool thing to do was to was to drink and smoke and um and I did I, I did that successfully through through my college years and I think uh, after graduating college and getting into a career uh, I got married my first wife and I I, I want to say that it really started to escalate probably in the mid 90s or no or, or, yeah mid 90s to early 2000s uh, I would drink or consume um, copious amounts of alcohol every night. Um, was it was any of this as a result of um, any sort of childhood trauma? Did something spark it to where you felt like you needed to numb, or did it just make you feel good? No, I just felt well early on. It just it just felt good. You know, it was like oh let, let's that Zima was popping. Yeah, <laughs> Zima. Oh, my God. No, if anybody out there remembers, I guarantee you none of the listeners know this one. Matilda Bay. I've never had it's an Australian before. wine cooler. Oh, wow. I, if I close my eyes, I can still taste it. <laughs> Matilda Bay's. No. I, um, no, but then it, th- I, I, things were great. You know? I mean, my life was good. I was, you know, I had a good job. I was, I was married. You know, I had, first son was on the way. You know, we got to travel. We traveled some, and you know, it, my life was good. So right. I wasn't numbing out anything. Right. Um, You're just enhancing it. Right. Yeah, I was just, I was just enhancing. I was enjoying life. You know, we'd go and get a, get a fine meal at you know one of these great restaurants that we have around town, and um, I, I would always start off with a couple of vodka drinks, <clears throat> and then and then head into the wine. And it's pretty sad. I would go. I remember going up to Char. I'd walk up to the bar and, oh, here's Mark. They would know exactly <laughs> what I wanted, and they would put it right down, right down on the table. So that's how it began. Um, I think the demise of my drinking started when my wife, first wife, uh, filed for divorce. Or we separated, and and I will tell you, um, I I didn't want I didn't want to be divorced. That's just I didn't want it. Um, and you know, at the time we had my youngest son, who is now twenty one. Wow, I have two boys, Drew, twenty one. So is Connor your oldest? Connor's my oldest, okay. and I. I we had lunch the other day. I digress, but he's just a good kid. How's he doing? He's doing great. He's at good. Southern Miss right now, and um, staying away from the Matilda Bay. Uh, yeah, because they don't make it anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and we'll talk more about the boys. But and he'll be up at Ole Miss. He's a Fidel. He's leaving Southern to transfer back up to Southern, and I mean, excuse me, to um, um, to the University of Mississippi, and and then Sam. Um, I don't, he was, he was, he's the younger one. He's uh, 18. Um, So when I had the two boys, they were in there, they were five, six years old, probably. And this was roughly, I don't know, 2009. Um, You know, I just think my marriage began to dissolve. 
um, lack of communication on both parts. I don't listen. I don't blame her. I, I, I take it. A marriage is fifty fifty. Okay, and look, I'm no I'm no saint or, or I don't have the, all the answers, but it's 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 fifty fifty. It's give and take. You know, it's give and take, and um, I, we just weren't compatible. And, um, but I didn't know it at the time. And I honestly, y'all, I didn't have a relationship with, with God. I went to church, the routine, you know, I sang in the choir, uh, you know, all that good stuff, but it got it, it towards the, towards the end of my marriage, it got bad. And that's when I started drinking, as you alluded to Danny to numb numb that's when it started probably the end of uh probably 2009 2010 the fun was over yeah it got it got bad i had a guy on the podcast early on named keenan who's a fantastic therapist in north mississippi and he he's fond of saying you know our using usually begins as pleasure seeking but always ends as pain avoidance right keenan is 100 percent spot on especially if one is born with the disease of alcoholism, which this this alcoholic, it, it was ingrained in me when I came out of the womb, I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't disagree I mean, with yeah. you. I think we're, we're all on the same page yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, I've, I had it since I was a kid, I think. Can you see any of your... Did, if your drinking and using wasn't as problematic as I assume it's about to become, uh, were some of those behave? Can you recognize some of those behaviors pre-divorce? Oh, absolutely. How about the first one, selfishness? Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, selfishness run riot, denial, dishonesty. The those are characteristics of toxicity those of of toxic of a toxic relationship and for me it just doesn't work if if i want a successful relationship with someone it's important to be able to uh, communicate openly and honestly and I, I look i don't do it perfect um but um so, you know, th- those were the things that I struggled with. I think we, the marriage, which led to the, the, the alcohol abuse. Right. So the, the first marriage is, uh, you guys have separated. Mm-hmm. Um, you're now numbing, uh, using alcohol to numb and kind of get through and survive, if you will. What happens next? What happens after that, that marriage is dissolved? What, well, what do you do? So... This is what occurs, and, and, and I, won't, I won't go through the details, but I sure. think it's important because it's part of my story. Sure. And um, I, I was in my first I, – I, I went to rehab. Uh, my very first rehab uh, was at COPAC, um, and I was there for a couple of weeks. And this is the problem, I think. Two whole weeks? Yeah. So, you know why, Drew? Because I'm not like those people. Right. Really I'm investing li- in that recovery. I'm not like them. Right, I right, d- right. Who? What? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm no. Like, I'm not like those people. Yeah. I was there for two weeks. Um, it was actually an, an intervention. Um, and I, 
Who performed that intervention? Was well, it? It, my, my, my parents took me, and I was, in a, I was in a blackout. I don't even remember going to Copac. Uh, Marge was there, and I don't even remember seeing her. Um, <laughs> but I was in a complete blackout. I was there for two weeks. I said, I'm out of here. And I left, and I went uh, up north to uh, South Haven, a f- good friend of mine, Clark Converse. Shout out to Clark, who's been sober now. Gosh, can I count that high? 15, 16 years? Um, he's awesome. he's a very good friend of mine, and, and uh, I owe a lot to him. He helped me get into an, an intense outpatient program. And I lived in Horn Lake, Mississippi, okay. in a transitional uh, home with two other guys, which unfortunately, uh, one of them died a couple of years ago of this disease. Um, and so I was in Horn Lake and I was served divorce papers while I was up there. And I'll tell you, I thought my life was, was, I really thought it was over. What I knew and what I thought I knew, I, I really thought this is it. I'm done. Right. Um, I struggled for a couple more years in and out of rehabs. I've been north, I've been south, east, and west. Uh, Texas, Arkansas. I went out to um, on the east coast to to the Carolinas, trying to find the answer. Just trying to trying to find my way, and um, I don't know. I. I I ended up at Whitfield was one of my last stops and um boy I I I don't um I don't suggest that to anyone. <laughs> um I ended up going to the I was in the mail receiving unit um which is the the psychotic breakdown unit if you will and I was there for a, about a month and then and then went over to to building 84 the infamous Building 84, where the, the drunks are. And uh, I, for some reason, I just fit right in. And I don't know, I, I, another couple of rehabs, I, I, I got out, and, and things just started to get better for me because I, I, I quit drinking. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I got into recovery I, I worked a program. I, I developed friendships, strong support groups uh, in this community, especially that has that, that they've carried me to where I am today. And I mean, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we could go into details and details, but uh, for the sake of time, and um, my life has been transformed. You know, I have, I have. Two wonderful boys in Connor and Sam. Do I have regrets that I I didn't have? I didn't get to spend the quality time with them when we were younger. When when I was younger, when they were younger, I, I do. And, and you know, but it is what it is. I, I can't I can't go for I can't go backwards. Right. I have to learn and move forward. And um, you know, I have a a pretty, I laugh when I say this, I have a pretty decent relationship with my ex-wife. She's remarried. He's a good guy. I, I wish her nothing but the best. Um, I've remarried to a wonderful, wonderful, godly woman. 
Yeah, Holly's pretty incredible. Oh, she's Oh, Danny knows, you know. Yeah, she's incredible. I, people say, March, you 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 outkicked your coverage in that <laughs> department. I mean, especially to put up with me. Because just because you know, you, you you put the you put the alcohol down, you still got Mark. You right. know, you, you you still you still got the emotional the, you know, it, the sober horse thief. Right. Yeah, one of those that's it, the sober horse thief. That's a good one. So, you know, that's kind of it in a nutshell. If we, we want to take a deeper dive, fire away. Let's let's do it. All right, cool. Well, so um we all have challenges, and we'll just kind of go. We'll, we'll first of all thank you for for that, and now let's kind of take a little bit deeper of a dive here. So um, we're just going to kind of go over this. Some of these questions you've kind of tapped on or, or touched. Well, on. I want to be honest with you. Yes, go on. I didn't look at the questions. Good. Do you know why I didn't look at the questions? Why did you send them to him? I did. He I did. sent no. me some questions, and I said, I said I'm not looking at questions because that here's here's always been my motto. <laughs> Here's been my motto. Well, I glanced. I did glance at it. Yeah. But I didn't want to go, okay, wait a minute. Let me think about this. I really didn't, in all honesty, because I've always said if it comes from the heart, it reaches the heart. And that's what I want. You know, I'm I hear here. you, man. There, there's only one reason. There's one reason that I'm here, and that is to share my experience, strength, and hope with someone out there that's suffering. And, and, and not just with alcoholism, drug addiction, just emotionally. My, and I'd be more than happy to take a, a call just because I've been down that road. Right. You know, I've, I've hit those bumps. And, uh, but I'm. Well, that's through. always been the goal of the podcast. Right. You know, that I have screwed my life up in fantastic fashion and hope that by listening, somebody could avoid maybe one potential pitfall. You know, if I'm real honest about the mistakes that I made, if we can convince the guest to be brutally honest about the mistakes they've made, then someone else can say, hey, look, maybe I, you know, can stand on the shoulders of giants, as it were, and avoid some of those pitfalls. And and the reason that I did that, I was listening to a podcast not too long ago, and um, it was a a behind-the-scenes of, like, the Conan Conan O'Brien type of thing. yeah. And they were talking about how every time there was a production assistant that reached out to Conan's guests to um, kind of talk about what's going on with them and also run um, if there's anything that's off limits by them. So that was my reasoning behind sending you those questions because I don't want you to be caught off guard. Right. And I don't want to necessarily talk about something that you're not comfortable talking about. Well, for the most part, I'm an open book. Okay. I I'm I'll, I love transparency, and I think the people that know me would probably agree with that. Okay. So, well, let's hop right in. Yeah, yeah. What challenges did you face when you first entered recovery? What did that look like for you? What, what were some things that you had to um, get past or get through in early recovery? Early at first, at, you know, at first it was the it was the stigma of of being labeled an alky. Yeah. Right. Oh man, this guy. Wait a minute. He went to how many rehabs? Yeah, he's like the guy that's be underneath the bridge over there. Well, you don't want to be like that, right? What? I mean that that was the first thing I kept thinking. Oh my gosh, I, I'm an alcoholic, right? Um, so I would say that would be the first one. Um, you know, and denial kind of goes along with that. Um, not being able to face the truth. Um, I was a very 
dishonest, self-seeking, self-reliant individual. And it's kind of hard to, I mean, to, to face issues when you're not completely transparent with yourself. Right. Um, so I would say that those are the keys to that one for sure. There's one thing that um, I really want to talk to you about, and this is why I, because I know that you don't make a big deal about it. I know that it's not like something that that you just sling around looking for um, sympathy or anything like that. But tell us a little bit about the diagnosis, when it happened, what happened with the Parkinson's. Oh, the Parkinson's. And how has that played into your recovery uh, in dealing with that, it's a great. I think a lot of it's people a very good question. And, and let me say, it's not just Parkinson's. I mean, Parkinson's is 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 one. But I mean, people people are diagnosed. I've got friends with cancer right now. Um, I've got my my friends Shannon and Amy that are out there. Um, God bless you both. Uh, I prayed for them both this morning. Amy Gables and um, Shannon Moody. Um, God bless y'all. Seriously, I, I, my heart just, my heart breaks for all, for the, all of the people that are suffering with with diseases and diagnoses. And but the, you know the the Parkinson's for me, um, I I noticed, and I took my medicine before I came. I even think I doubled up because I didn't want to be sh- shaking like crazy. But it it started like it started with Michael J. Fox. It started in his pinky, and he noticed it on the set that his pinky was just he had this this slow tremor. Well, I noticed it uh, back in twenty the end of twenty nineteen, I believe. Yeah. I, I developed this this tremor down in my left arm, and then it radiated down into my left leg. So all my left side just, just was just shaking. I was like, what, what in the world is going on? So I uh, went and saw a neurologist, and um, they, they ran some tests. They ran a, a, a MRI. They had an MRI. They did uh, a, with a, a series of, of you know, all, tests that are done in the, in the office, and, and then I had a, what they call a DAT scan, which uh, d- uh, detects dopamine levels in the brain. And, you know, your right side controls your left side. Your left side controls your right well, my left side, you could you could look at it on an ima- on the CT image and see that there was a depletion of dopamine on the right side. So, for me, the symptoms were, um, you know, the the tremor that I have now, and, and a little bit of stiffness in my arm, and that radiated down into my left leg. It's early onset, which I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that it has not progressed. And I believe it has uh, the progression has has maintained its stability, if you will, uh, because the most important thing that that one can do with when diagnosed with Parkinson's is exercise. That is the that's better than medication. Um, I exercise probably uh, five six days a week. In fact, I'm le- right after here. I'm I'm out. I'm gone. I'm I'm hitting the gym. Because that is, I mean, y'all, that's my medicine. Um, they, it just helps with, with motor movement. Um, it helps with mood. Um, but, you know, exercise is good just for any of us. Well, you is know, the Parkinson's. is the dopamine release from the physical exertion, I, I, 
in spite of the fact that so many people in my family have Parkinson's. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I know alarmingly little about it. I was telling Daniel that all of my father's siblings have it. And I, I bet if my father hadn't died, he probably would have gotten it. I don't know this for certain, right. but we all kind of contemplate that maybe the chemicals released in the air in Yazoo City had some sort of contributing. Uh, no if, doubt. I'm not, if I that turns out shocked. to be true, some clever plaintiff's attorney is going to sue somebody. But anyway, is the, the is it a, la- a lack of dopamine? That's exactly what that causes. Mm-hmm. So is the exercise, you know, when you exercise, it produces dopamine. Correct. And that, does, do your symptoms subside? No. Okay. The symptoms do not subside, but the progression is, is, is kept supposed to slow the progression. Because you look because, pretty fit. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've, thank you. I, I work hard. I mean, I, mean, I do, and it, and it, it feels good. Um, I, um, it, 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 the symptoms are still there even when I work out. Um, but the progression, it, that's the only thing that will slow the progression my neurologist says is to exercise. That's the only thing. Is it cardiovascular work or is it well, weightlifting? I do both. I, I, I spin, cycle, um, a, um, I run. I ran five miles, four miles yesterday. I, um, um, you know, weightlifting. Weightlifting has become a. I've incorporated that into into my armamentarium of exercises, and and it has been extremely beneficial. Uh, I think it's helped with my mood because Parkinson's you, depression is, is it's real prominent. Oh, There's it's a real link there. Oh, it is. And it's, it's, it's scary. Um, but to Danny's, you know, with the Parkinson's diagnosis, I'll tell you, I, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have any desire to, to, con, to drink. I just didn't. That desire for me was removed 10 and a half years ago. It really was. Do I think about it? Sure. I mean, I'm an alcoholic, right? Isn't that what we do? Right. Think about it. But overthink a lot. Yeah. Oh, I do, no, I don't overthink. <laughs> the best story I've ever heard about being reminded of that thing to which we're addicted is the story about the guy who smoked but hadn't smoked in 25 years, uh, finishes Thanksgiving dinner and pushes himself away from the table and then slaps his breast pocket looking for his packet. And he thought, right, right. Uh, you know, it, it's like something becomes ingrained in our, uh, you know, the processing center, ne- neurotransmitter or whatever it is. And so it's. Oh, and I, I was speaking to, we were, my wife and I were talking about smoking this morning. I don't know how it came up, but I, you know, I, I got to, I get up earlier than she does because. That's just what I do, and and I was doing my my I done my prayer and meditation and all because it's my routine. And she comes in, and I'm drinking my coffee, and I don't know how we were just talking about whatever. Um, and I was like, man, cigarette would be good right now because <laughs> I, I I mean I used to smoke. Yeah. I, I smoked. I picked it up in rehab yeah, yeah, of all too. places. I hadn't smoked that dude. I hadn't picked one up in probably 11, 12 years, and I feel good. Lungs are. But Maybe I should morning. try some of this. Um, no, you what, don't want to try. What, this. What, it's probably expensive though. Huh? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, what, what are they called? The jewels or yeah, vapes? Yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. Uh, I wouldn't. I'm heavily I, addicted to those. It's, yeah, it's I have no desire. Yeah. Uh, I have no desire. So, um, where were we? 
I, uh, we, we were talking about the diagnosis, and um, we pretty much uh, ironed that out. Um, yeah. What What about um, strategies when that you have found helpful when you have cravings or anything like that? I'm sure that that uh, you know, despite having over a decade sober, there are times that um, it's difficult, and and you. Uh, reminisce perhaps about the old days and what do you do when when that kind of thing happens you know the most important thing I was instructed to do was to ask God if if I have not had any I've not had any strong urges or cravings but I was always instructed that that if that were to, to to come about is to just to stop pause pray, proceed, pause and pray, God, please remove this thought, this craving from me. Proceed, proceeding for me would be to go pick up the phone and call somebody. Action. Right. Take some action. You know, that's what recovery is all about. It's, a, it's, it's, it's about taking action. Um, so, and, and in order to to take that action, I gotta, I gotta have willingness, though. You know, I gotta be willing to to take the action. And you know, today I'm willing to take action. Uh, so that's that's what I do. Um, do you think it's the the willingness has come from uh, a a, uh, a a vivid memory of what happened in the past when you, you were you unwilling? just said it <laughs> right before before you got the words out? I was thinking it. Let me tell you, the willingness comes from what you what you just just came out of your mouth, and right. that is, I don't want to go back to where I was, and and, and I still remember it. Um, I, I, last night is a perfect example. Um, there's a movie that's out, or it's been out for years, I don't know, 10, 15 years, called Flight, Denzel Washington's in it. <laughs> it's a fabulous movie, and every time it comes on, I I, I sit and I watch because it takes me back. And and Holly and I were talking about how just l- looking at the character that Denzel plays and, and and the just the unmanageability of his life and the like I alluded to earlier the denial. That was Mark McMullen. That was me. I'm not that guy anymore. But I want to I want to be reminded, Danny. I want to be reminded that if I start backpedaling, that can be me. Yeah, it's, it's another important reason to um, go to a lot of meetings is when you go to a lot of meetings, it, it will happen all the time that folks come back in and they've went back out, they relapsed, they had a slip, and they come in, and what do they say? What's the one thing they say? They said they quit doing what they did when they first got sober. They quit doing what worked. Right. Exactly. So that's why it's so. That's Quit doing one, what works. One of the main reasons that I go to as many meetings as I do, and um, you know, most of those are Zoom now when I'm on the road to uh, in the mornings. But I do make in-person meetings as well, and um, I, I'm getting to where I, you know, I'm I'm there Monday through Friday at 7:30 a.m. and on a meeting in Dallas. And it's, oh, that's cool. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool, and it's been um, really, it's been really, it, it's it's a really good thing for me. It is it's therapy. I, I have it's therapy. To stay I've been, reminded. I you know, I can to. sit here and say that I've been to thousands and still, like yourself, I still do it. Right. I enjoy it. I enjoy it because I, I get fed 
uh, I get, I, I hear solutions to life's difficulties that are, that that we're all faced with. Right. That everyone on this planet is faced with. Um, I I get that solution. It's it's for me. It's a medicine. If I don't take my medicine, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll turn into sure. just a complete nut case. Sure. Uh, and so. Yeah, it's it's very. All right. So um, what would you tell someone that is newly sober? Um, what would you what what are your what are your thoughts on what you tell them? Um, how do you encourage them? How do you keep uh, yourself sane from having dealing with their issues? Because Mart is my sponsor. I'm happy to say I'm very proud to say. So what when someone calls you and they're really, really struggling, they're in early sobriety. What what? angle do you take are you just honest with them are you just you just tell them what happened with you what what do you what do you tell someone in early sobriety very good question because i know and there may may even be someone listening to right now that is struggling with alcoholism and addiction uh, drug addiction i think the most important thing that someone early in recovery can do is not isolate be be willing to pick up the phone be willing to talk to somebody that you feel like you have some trust with or have a relationship with for me meetings I I, I, I support groups therapy was important for me ah uh, let me let me tell you something Maybe I should have been a therapist. I don't know. My wife, if she's listening, she's probably laughing. <laughs> I, I, but I think outside therapy is 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 crucial for someone that's struggling with alcohol and drugs, um, any other type of addiction, food, gambling. Um, I think it's just important to to talk about it. And see, that's that's. And, and the only thing, and, and people call me to talk about it, what I do is to share my experiences, my trials, my tribulations. That's, that's how I share and how I carry the message of recovery to others. And I, I just think it's so important. I think a lot of people are so scared to speak up. I mean, Denzel Washington in flight, in flight last night, he was so scared. He was, he was afraid to admit that he was an alcoholic. He was afraid till at the very end, he broke down. He couldn't take it anymore. He was tired of fighting. He surrendered and said, I'm an alcoholic. That's what's important is to admit what we are in life. Admit. Come, let's just be honest. Everybody out there is struggling with something. Just don't keep it bottled up inside. Right. And that's one of the most beautiful things is and and what I've learned and how I treat sponsees now um, is um, when when I called you especially in earlier sobriety and, and and even you know even we talked this morning. We talked this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and did I did we talk we and we ended up with a solution, didn't we? Yeah, we didn't did. we? We did. And we brought in someone else, kind of we did triangulation here. Right. And you found a solution, I think. Right. 
I think See, I, I, you you, yeah. you picked up the phone, you called me. I kind of gave you an idea of not something that I really had experience with, but that person had experience with. Y'all talked, now we have a solution. Right. And the and the most important thing throughout our whole uh, relationship has been not once have I felt judged. Not no. a single time. And I've come to you with some Hell silly, no. ridiculous <laughs> shit. And not a single time have I felt judged. And that just reiterates for me that is that is key. That, that to, to offer your experience, strength, and hope um, where it is completely void of judgment. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, just, I, I agree. It's I incredible. Agree. It's it, incredible. It is. It is. Let me ask you this. You said a minute ago that one of the things that motivates you now is this desire not to revert back to Correct. the life that you once had. And I've contemplated in my own life, like what kept me stuck. So I, you know, I've been trying to get sober for a long, long time and had various periods of, you know, of more than a couple days. And then, you know, when life really got bad and I was really bad off, like why, why couldn't I seemingly pull myself out of that, you know, trouble? I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and suggest I knew how to get myself sober by myself sitting at home, but I mean, I certainly was aware of some tools that were out there, treatment, therapy, you know, I had a supportive family. And I think at some point we feel like there's just no hope. There's no way it's not worth it. Things are never going to change. You know, you're so beaten down by the consequences of your own damn actions and you just don't. I feel like the depletion of hope is probably the single most unifying and common thread between us when we first get sober. How long did it take you to realize that you had something that you didn't want to lose? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, you you took me back. I was in, I was in, um, I was at the Meadows, which is in Wickenburg, Arizona. And I can remember vividly asking someone who is in a really good place when will I ever find joy and peace in my life and I will tell you Drew I for me it it took a few years how did you sustain yourself between I know I need to get sober but I and not having those initial benefits well what kept you going between year zero and year three where these things start manifesting well i'll tell you this and it's very trite i didn't do it dude um uh god that's all I can say, man. I mean, you I mean bought, bought into the formula that if I just ask God and I'm just willing to I put one I, foot in front of the other. I, and I think God, and, and look, I'm not a religious person. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I, I feel like I'm a, I mean, do I get in the car and listen to K-Love? Sure. I, I love K-Love. But hell, I like Metallica too. I mean, not really. I, I like some of their songs. I don't know why I said Metallica. <laughs> Def Leppard. Poison, all the 80s stuff. Um, I mean, that is a great question because that's what it's about. It's about 
people that that are destitute and feel broken and and inside and and have nowhere to turn to. And I, but I feel like that God could and would if I seek Him. I I, I got to seek Him and 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 a lot of people don't know what to do. And I think that's important. And I, I, I sought, you know, and I'll tell you, Drew, my, my prayers early on in recovery were, God help me. It wasn't so dear heavenly father today. I prayed it was God help me. And I believe that those three simple words was the bridge over the troubled waters that led me to those to to that that point in time where I found peace and serenity. It did it literally took two or three years before I really felt at peace with myself. Because I feel I, this alcoholic had to go through what he had to go through to get on the other side. Um, to find that peace and serenity. And it sucks. Being early in recovery is, let me tell you, I don't recommend it. It's one of the hardest things that I've ever, I've ever done is get sober. It's, it's, in my opinion, it's pretty simple to stay sober. But getting sober, it was tough. But yeah, the constant realization of the, I remember thinking early on, this is the very, very beginning thinking every day when I woke up, I would recognize some new thing that was wrong with me that I needed to work on. And it's daunting. Yeah, absolutely. One thing also we have to talk about because, um, a life without this is destined for failure uh, or at least very uncomfortable times. The importance of balance is something that you have beat into my head. Um, so what does what does balance look like for you in recovery? Balance for me is finding is is finding a happy medium. Or I, you know, I'll, let me let me rephrase that. I don't like the word happy. Um, happiness, happy, uh, joyful contentment. In order to 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 establish joyfulness, contentment with oneself, I try. Although I struggled with the highs because I tend to get. Sometimes I can get excited about. <laughs> just i mean because look i obviously i'm pretty passionate like danny here about recovery because i've i'm passionate because of recovery because i was that hopeless one 12 years ago i was hopeless i wanted to die i just didn't have the guts to do it um and i but I think if I try, if I can try not to get too high, not get too low, and just kind of, kind of swim along, keep swimming. Swim, what's that movie? Uh, uh, Nemo. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep swimming. Just kind of right. You know how little fishes they they don't. They're not the ones that go up in here to go. They just kind of right there in the middle. That's where I, I I'd like to stay. And in order to to, to maintain that stability of 
of staying in the middle, we talk about it all the time, but it's, it's routine and repetition. It's doing the same things that I did 10 years ago. The last time that I didn't ask God to keep me sober, please, God, help me to stay sober today, was August 5th of 2012. Every single morning, I get up, I, I, I surrender, and I go into prayer and meditation, but I ask God to please help me stay sober. Sometimes it's just, God, just don't let me drink today. Other times it might be, Lord, help me to not just stay sober physically, but emotionally. Because for me now, it's not just, it's, it, don't drink. Okay, that's great. But what, what about the emotional stability? You know? Exactly. Look, so- it's been a long time since drugs or alcohol caused an acute problem in my life. All of my problems today are emotional, oh. character defectish, uh, you know, interpersonal. Absolutely. Yes. My, you know, challenging my corrupt belief systems, you know, things like that. I get it, man. Mm-hmm. And learning how to develop and grow that emotional sobriety is, I it's, mean, that's the Yeah, emotional the sobriety is, is the key. And, and I, I just don't want to get too high. I don't want to get too low. The lows are not good. The highs aren't good. Keep it right in the middle. Do the things I did 12 years ago or the, over the last 10 years, rather, and just keep doing it. Routine repetition. Routine right. repetition. Look, an old friend of mine used to say, repetition strengthens and affirms, and I believe that. I like that. Oh, yeah. Repet- strengthens and affirms. That's good. For those listening, that was Calvin. Calvin. If you all know who I'm talking about, you Calvin. certainly know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Do I know Calvin? I don't know. I, Calvin if I, Michelle. If I saw Calvin, I might know him. Also known as Big Missy. Big Missy? God bless him. God rest <laughs> his soul. Rest in peace, Cal. Oh, there are a lot of good, good people in uh, sober people in this in this area. I tell you, we we've got a strong network of. We really do, we really do. I mean, it's it's all of my friends. Just about are are sober. I mean, I've got my whole. I've got all kinds of numbers in my phone. I, I can just pick up and. It's just a beautiful thing. The balance that he was mentioning earlier that y'all apparently discuss in your working relationship or working recovery relationship. You mean like a balance between, uh, cause there are those people that trade, uh, Matilda Bay for, <laughs> for a thousand meetings a week, you know, and they just, it becomes their life and they're consumed with it. And, I if think that, there. If, if yeah, that's what, if I that's, see where you're going with that. Yeah. Like I believe that we, you know, AA serves a purpose, and getting sober serves a purpose, and it allows us to go have a life and to benefit from all those things that we avoided or wouldn't have otherwise. Is that the life balance you're I talking? Agree. About? Yes, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, look, there, there there are people that I know that only that are in. Their entire life is structured around going and eating stale cookies at Yana and having burnt ass coffee. Yeah. And that, that to me, look early. Yeah. Super. Absolutely. I lived up there. It's definitely a spiritual, spiritual place. And I I think there's a, I think there's a, there's a nice fluffy cloud over it that protects. It's just spiritual. Um, 
the hedge of protection. It, it, yeah. Uh, but but to live that now, no. But I mean, does my wife want me? Look, I remember <laughs> we were at Rosemary Beach and and I was we were walking along the beach and and it was when the 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 um, the zooms were real big and and I was I was getting on a meeting with some of my buddies and she's like, "Are you really getting on a meeting now?" I went, oh, and that's what we're you're talking about. And right. I think there needs to be. And there does, there does. I mean, I, there's times when I need to be doing this instead of that, and just kind of keep it, like we said, keep it balanced. Right. It's a spreadsheet. It's a spreadsheet of sorts. I like that spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah, it's a good analogy. But if if I mean, yes, going to a thousand meetings a week is is pretty crazy. But if that is what you need in order to stay sober, well, I, well, that's why I said sober. in in early on. I went to a, I mean, I lived up there. Yeah. I mean, I really did. And it's important. Yeah, it's, it's. it's vital. Yeah, it's. I go, to, I go to a lot of meetings. Vital. I love going to meetings. That's the thing. Like, I. I'm not knocking meeting attendance. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just mean, I think there are a lot of people who believe. I went to a trillion meetings this year. And so. Yeah. If you if yeah. you take no action in your personal, I'm just life, as corrupt as a person could be in my right, thoughts and they're beliefs. Not, but they're not working a program. Yeah, they're just showing up to meetings and thinking trying that to that holler is, at every girl that came in there. Well, oh, there's thirteen stepping. Oh, I, I never did that. I by didn't the way, either. I didn't have much confidence in early sobriety. No, to I, I'm joking. That. that that was not. I I, I will say you, we bring up a really important point. And I'm all joking aside, relationships are not a good thing. I, I'll, I'm i the first to, to tell you. She is not going to make your life better. No. I relapsed. I was going out with someone. I won't, Her name will remain anonymous. Wonderful person. I mean, we're friends. Um, she's a great girl. But I was going out with her, and um, we Plot got twist. Her name yeah. is Matilda. Yeah, her name is Matilda. <laughs> we got into a – it wasn't an argument, but I remember no mental defense against that first drink. It happened. I had no – it was like, okay, then I'm out. And I remember going to the Shell station. It was on – I mean, no mental. I, it was, it, I beelined it. It was like, I'm at point A, I'm headed to point B. And look, just, it's a six pack of Zima and Rat's greatest hits, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, but so, but see, I think then I was early in recovery. I'd been sober six months. I had not established a foundation. I had not established some spirituality in my program of recovering from alcoholism. I think for me, it's important to have spirituality while doing this. I just think it's crucial. Right. I just do. Well, the whole Christian belief system promotes this idea of of hope and that there is always always available a deliverer and always available a constant sort of uh, source of help. Um, 
and I mean, I assume we're all of the Christian well, and we belief. Are, and let, so, can know. I just say though, do you know that this whole recovery thing that we always talk about, it comes from the book of James. Read the book of James. Look, I'm no Bible thumper, but everything that we're talking about, it comes out of the Bible. I mean, so, I mean, how beautiful is that? I mean, it's, it's, anyway, I, it's just amazing. Yeah, well, it, it I works. think those principles are universal. It, it, they are. And, they and, are. And it, there are analogs to, I mean, I'm no expert on the Bhava, Bhagavad Gita, but I assume that they're, I mean, that would be the Hindu's book. Oh, so I don't even know what that is. Uh, Bhagavad Yeah. But, the, and they're good people. They're, let me tell you, I, I think there's what what is it they say that there's 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 good in everyone and there's bad in everyone, you yeah, know. Just, I, mean, I mean, but but you that's another thing that's incredible. You don't have to believe in a god in order to get sober. No, you don't. Which is an incredible no. thing because there's lots of people and you'll hear it. I think that's AA's movies. greatest. Uh, yeah, that that was the the single most inspired thing. Yes, you know the only requirement for membership. You don't is even have it, to stop drinking. Right. Is a desire, a desire to, stop, to drinking. stop drinking. But 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 we keep the bar low. But I didn't I didn't really have a desire. I didn't really want to stop. You wanted your consequences to go away. I wanted that right. shit to excuse my language. Yeah. I wanted that to hightail it. Of course. I wanted to quit hurting. I wanted to quit. I wanted my you know, I wanted my people back in my life. Right. I, I wanted this. I wanted But I think it was just when I just said, I'm done. Right. Here, throw the white towel. Throw in, throw in it, throw it in. What do I do? What do I do? And the group showed me. You know how the group showed me? Because I think the group, us, we are vessels from the good Lord. We are vessels to help other people. God, you hear it all the time. God with skin on. Right. I, I, I mean, thing. that's what that's what this is. Do you think you think this isn't touching people's lives right now? What y'all been doing the last six months or so? Yes, it is. God's using the both of you, and, and I, I think He's using me. I hope He is because I want to. I want to be used as a vessel to help other people because there's a lot of people that are hurting today, and hey, look, it sucks. Absolutely, look, the key factor in maintaining long term good recovery is. And this is a, an, a. I think the best barometer I've come up with have. To what extent have you learned to make something profitable out of your shenanigans? The more profitable you can turn make your shenanigans, the better your life will be. Using your painful story, your mistakes to help the next man is the best barometer for how well you're doing in your recovery and in life. I mean, the, the ability to reach out, not one, not only does it help somebody else and that feels good, it helps you heal from the guilt, shame, and remorse you have for having made all those stupid-ass decisions. Right. And so it you can't change the past, as you said in the very beginning, but you can make something good out of it. It's sure. my greatest asset. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. my greatest asset. 100%. I am thankful. I will tell you right now, I am thankful that I am a recovering alcoholic. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Okay. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I absolutely wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, I'm right there. It's the best you. thing that's ever happened to me. I'm right there with you. Because it's like I said, it's not just about it, it, it's life. We we're all 
faced with what Parkinson's, cancer, you know, broken leg, what financial difficulties. We're faced with all kinds of stuff, and all of the life solutions are right here. What we're discussing, right? It's here. It's you just got to reach out and grab it. Ain't that the truth? Well, we are about out of time. Drew, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I mean, we can we can at least pay lip service to the fact that Alabama did Jalen Hurts double dirty, and now look what happened. <laughs> Is that not the 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 gold standard for look? You just do you, and then you'll be a boss ass like Jalen Hurts. Look at him. Mm. Well, my feelings are a little hurt because some people know I'm a huge New York Jets fan, and we're not playing today. In fact, mm-hmm. we hadn't played in the playoffs since about twelve years, I think. So, Jalen Hurts, he's uh, he's quite the talent. But I, I personally like um, the Mahomey, Mahomey. Yeah. Oh, look, I love he him. Would, look, he's already he's already the been no awesome look. for a little bit. He's got you know it's Jalen Hurts gonna decide, be fun. De- it'll be deserves fun. the. The benefit of the win tonight, It'll and I bet ten dollars. So, oh wow, yeah. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing: <laughs> if you are interested in uh, continuing on this conversation with the Sports Hour with Drew and Mark, uh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, tune back in uh, at a later date we'll on Patreon. On Patreon, you yeah. can pay for it. You can pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Mark, look, thank you so much. Thank you, man, uh, for joining I us. Appreciate it's been I incredible. Thank you. Um, I thank y'all for having me. You're an man. awesome dude, and keep, y'all are good keep people. Doing God what is you're doing. good all the time. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. We're out. Right.